from Huntsville, Texas. I am your host, Joey Barra, with episode one of the Res Life Night Shift. I want you to think back to your first night on call as a full-time professional. Were you prepared? Nervous? Confident? How about scared? Today, we are going to be listening to the stories of three people who are sharing stories from their first on-call night shift as full-time professionals. You intrigued? I definitely hope so. Thanks for tuning in. Here's today's show. So today, we will be sharing people's stories from their first night on call as a full-time professional. So we'll be learning what kind of institution each person is from, what training looked like leading up to their first night, and what support looks like the night of duty. We will be finding out whether these individuals are able to call up for help or if they are the last line of defense and the decision makers. So listen closely as we explore different feelings leading up to the first call and how each of these individuals work through them. We will then discuss the major differences from being a resident advisor on call to being a full-time professional on call. Finally, at the end of each story, People will be providing advice to new full-time professionals. Who knows? Maybe you will be able to take something away from the podcast as well. Our first story comes from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Our speaker, Sean, talks about what steps new professionals should keep in mind leading up to that first duty call. He also shares some information in regards to the different types of stress full-time professionals may experience and some beneficial tips to keep yourself calm during that first duty call. Hi everyone, my name is Sean. I'm excited to have a chance to talk to you tonight a little bit about some of the experiences that I had on my first night as a professional staff member on call uh, and share with you a little bit about how I handled those, uh, the different feelings I had, just talk you a little bit through what it looks like to be brand new to being on call at a higher level. Uh, to introduce myself a little bit, I am currently working in Michigan. I was in a grad program last year, and so I'm actually only four months into being a full-time professional. And I am actually, this is my first position, so those four months have been up here in Michigan. A little bit about my backstory. I came from California originally where I was an RA for about three years and then I moved out to Indiana where I attended grad school as an assistant hall director and so my upbringing in the field has been pretty standard for people who come to housing and I think that it prepared me pretty well for being on a professional staff on call rotation. Um, you know obviously there was some nervousness and other stuff that came with that first night but yeah I'll get to that a little bit later. Um, I think that really for your first night of being on duty, you can't be fully prepared. Um, I want to start off by saying that just for anyone who's listening out there and either maybe nervous or apprehensive, uh, just to kind of hopefully give you a little bit of a reassurance, a little bit of a um, encouragement, I guess, uh, that you won't always feel 100% ready to go because you'll be throwing curveballs. Uh, if not your first night, maybe a couple nights on. And I know there's plenty of professionals who've been in the field for a long time and still get weird situations to come up. So I just want to start off on that note. But I, a little bit about my situation, I serve on an on-call rotation with six other professionals. Uh, we were trained through summer training sessions and had some hands-on practice where we acted at situations and practice responding. Um, but yeah, a lot of it really was, you know, with for those of you who have been on duty as RAs before, 
there's many situations that you can't be fully prepared for because they will have little twists and turns which make them unique uh, depending on the students who are involved in the situation, um, what is actually going down, and a hundred other little aspects. Uh, but what you can do is you can really kind of prepare yourself. And so for my position, luckily I am not at the top rung and so I have someone I can call in. And I really encourage you, if you're ever on call and you have questions, don't be afraid to reach out to your supervisor especially if it's your first night. Uh, they expect it, and I think, depending on your institution, a lot of times they really do encourage it because they'd rather have you ask the question rather than get it wrong and um, have to go back and play catch up. And so I really do encourage that you look into that. So to move into talking really about the first night that I was on call, uh, I was definitely a little nervous. I had been that RA and the grad student who got the weird calls. Uh, and was kind of ready for anything because Malik had kind of been all over the place and I didn't really know what to expect, honestly. So there is definitely a little bit of that nervousness there and I think that's pretty normal and I think it's healthy because I think if you're not familiar with the different types of stress, there's eustress and distress and I think any duty situation is going to have a small amount of stress that comes with it. And I think telling yourself otherwise is doing yourself a disservice because then when you run into a situation where you're feeling stress, you can, it's a lot more likely that you'll panic, you'll handle it more as distress as opposed to eustress. Um, and for those of you who are not familiar with the terms eustress and distress, eustress is a healthy kind of stress. Um, it's the kind of stress that really motivates you into being, um, into action, I guess, really into, you know, it's the stuff that gets your adrenaline pumping, it's the stuff that really helps you kind of make clear decisions and, um, I guess if you were to look back at like prehistoric era, that would have been the stuff to help you get away from the tigers if they're chasing you. Um, versus distress, distress is something that you don't necessarily perceive as something that you can handle. A lot of times it's very unhealthy and it can be something that is very impactful um, in a negative way. So I really think that it's important to you know prep yourself and recognize that your first duty night may be something that's fairly stressful and maybe something that um, you may be nervous, scared, hesitant, any number of things. And so being able to acknowledge that early on and being able to really sit down and say, okay, I am nervous. What can I do to prepare is an important thing to do. Um, I know for myself, one of the things that helped me to stay most calm on my first night was I took time ahead of time, um, the week before I was on duty, to review policies and procedures, talk them through with my supervisor, um, if there were things that were unclear or different from my uh, graduate experience of being on call. And that really helped me a lot when it came to actually feel it, like when I was in the moment, knowing how to go about handling that. Because there were a couple of situations that, a number of the policies, I had a very similar policy at my graduate experience, but with just enough difference that would have actually made a pretty big deal um, in terms of handling it from a professional standpoint. Uh, and so going through it with my supervisor, not in a hold my hand kind of way, but more of a, I took time to write out the situations and say, hey, this is what I'm thinking I would do. Does that sound right to you? I just want to double check so that if I run into this stuff, I can be ready to go. So uh, I think that that's something that's really helpful. And I also think that it's important to reflect on some of the differences between being an RA or whatever you may call your student staff position who serves on call versus being a professional staff member who's on call. Uh, some of the differences that I noticed is that a lot of times you're getting information second, third, even fourth hand, depending on how it's reported to your staff members who are reporting it up to you. And it's really a good, it's a good thing to be aware of before because there were a handful of times where I got information from a staff member that I was just, 
I had no idea what to do with because it was so garbled from the first-hand source that I had to spend just as long going through and trying to track down what was happening in the first place as I did actually handling it when I got the question figured out. Uh, I think the other thing is knowing that you're playing at a higher level. Um, a lot of times you're the one making the call uh, for lower level stuff. You know, if it's bigger level stuff, hopefully you have a supervisor or a director of housing or an associate director or whoever who you can call and ask those questions of if it's stuff that you aren't trained for or stuff that you, um, I guess, is not at a comfort level that you may feel. Um, but a lot of times you're making the call. And so the RAs are going to look for you, look to you um, to kind of bring calm, bring order to a situation if they're handling unruly residents. Residents will look to you at a time of crisis to kind of come in and be that leadership force to, you know, help them out of the situation that they're handling. And trust yourself. I really think that you need to um, know that you were trained well and you were selected for your position because whoever was the one making the decision process saw something in you that they really think really think could handle the position and could handle stuff. Uh, that was pointed out to me before my first week on rounds and it was very helpful, or not, sorry, I apologize, not on rounds, on, on call. Um, and that was very helpful for me though, um, having my mentor point out to me that I had been hired for a reason in terms of staying calm and thinking through the process. Um, I can talk a little bit about my first night's experience because uh, it's kind of a fun story because sure enough, my weird luck did follow me from my undergrad and graduate experience. Uh, because the first situation I handled was I got a call from one of the RAs on duty with, sure enough, that fourth-hand information um, that there had been a car accident out behind the building I worked in. Um, and so I, there's, my RA wasn't urgent. They were pretty calm about it. And so in my head, I was thinking it was, oh, probably just a little fender bender. Um, so I, you know, grabbed my shoe, grabbed my badge and ran out. And I realized that someone had actually driven their car up over one of our meters and driven it almost into the side of our building. Um, and that they were four people, four students in the car and tons of students looking on public safety was there. We had about five different RAs who had showed up in the situation. Um, and there was just a lot more going on than the fourth hand information had gotten me. And so uh, being able to take a step back, recognizing um, that you may not have all the information as you walk into a situation, it can be really helpful because it really does help you to be open to whatever you may be walking into because you never know. You may have a super crazy situation where you have an RA who just doesn't really grasp the full impact of the, what's going on and may not uh, relate to you in its full seriousness. This actually worked out really well because after handling kind of a crazy weird situation my first night of being able to make sure the students were okay, uh, getting the car towed, helping make sure the work orders got submitted for the damages and following up with the RAs who are first responding and getting students out of there, it set my confidence up a, level up a lot more for the next couple nights when I actually had a night where, of course, as you all probably know, whenever you plan something while you're on duty, you inevitably get calls. I had gone to a speaker on campus, which I was really excited about, and sure enough, I got a call after 10 minutes of being in the session, which then led into five other calls, and by the end of the night, I had missed the entire presentation and was still handling stuff on rounds. And so even with the craziness of that, though, I felt comfortable a majority of the time because I had had the first weird situation. I was able to take a step. I was able to take a step back and just kind of breathe and fall back on the instructions that my supervisor and uh, the staff who had trained us had given us at the beginning of the year, and it really helped me out to kind of you know be able to go in with a calm head and stay calm in those situations. And so I really I can't impress upon you enough taking that time. Uh, to sit back and 
open up if you have time, depending on what the situation is. You know, if the student has a broken arm and is bleeding, please don't take a significant amount of time to sit back and say, hmm, I probably should call uh, medical services with whatever that looks like at university. But, you know, if it's a question or if it's something that uh, students have, if it's something where students are just, you know, it's, a, it's not quite as pressing, you have time to breathe and to think about what's going on. And honestly, even with some of those crisis situations, which you may not feel like you have time to sit back on, you have time to walk to the situation. And so walk, drive, whatever it looks like on your campus, but you have time to sit back and kind of be going over in your head, um, you know, what to do in the situation, taking a breath and trying to get yourself in a good mental spot kind of for whatever, whatever the situation is going to throw at you. But it really, it doesn't take much time, but taking that time to actively think about calming yourself and taking a deep breath really does help in the end. And so I really recommend that. But uh, I think my biggest, um, the biggest thing I want you to take away from tonight is trust yourself. Your RAs are going to trust you. Uh, they will most likely be looking for you for full leadership in the situation. And if you are showing signs of self-doubt, they're going to pick up on that pretty quickly. And so just being able to make calls and knowing that you can follow up with your supervisor later on to make sure that stuff's being handled appropriately if you miss a step or something minor um, is not quite on what you're supposed to do. Um, but a lot of times confusion can cause a lot more damage than just talking confidently and helping the situation along as you go. And so trust yourself, be true to whatever your style is and good luck out there. Our second story comes from the South. Our speaker, Natasha, has been in the student affairs field for a number of years, and she talks briefly about her experience in Mississippi. However, a majority of her story comes from her first on-call experience at the second institution that she worked at, which was in Georgia. Hello, my name is Natasha Hubbard, and I am from Mississippi. I've been in student affairs for a little over five years. I was an RA, so of course, as an RHD, I pretty much knew what I was doing, or so I thought. So my first night on duty was not very eventful, but I did have a lot of training leading up to that. I had about two weeks of training, which I absolutely loved. I thought I knew everything about the job, but there was so much more to it that I didn't know. One thing I didn't know, or I didn't really pay much attention to, was paperwork. You always, always have to document, and that's one thing that I've learned no matter where I've gone, is to document and to leave a paper trail. A following up with students is very, very important, especially on weekend duty, because if something happens on Saturday, you need to make sure that you follow up and get it to the proper authorities, you know, by Monday morning at 8 a.m. No later than that so that they can actually go ahead and do what they need to do. I learned that students need support on the weekends, which I wasn't really looking forward to at first, but I thought it was going to be very, very demanding on me, but it actually helped me build community among my residents. So that was my first experience, but that was my first experience. So it was, it was pretty, it was pretty quiet. So I want to talk about an experience when I moved to a different institution in Georgia. It was quite different. I did have two weeks of training as well. I went through extensive training as far as how to deal with residents, UPD, uh, things of that nature, but nothing really prepared me for the first night on duty. So students had moved in and I was super excited. I was in this role. I had 20 new RAs. 
days and I was just basically on top of the world. So I'm like, okay, well, this is going to be similar to the community college, even though it was a four-year college. I thought, okay, well, I have it all in the back. Well, the first night they had a party and it was, we have 12 bedrooms, six bathroom suites, and that's already packed. So it's already 12 people in there. Well, before they got to school, they were there were things on Instagram promoting a party at the school. And by the time we had found out about it, it was pretty much too late. At about 3 a.m., I got a phone call from my resident assistant and she complained that there was, there was noise complaints, there was a party. So we called UPD, went upstairs. There was about 50 people in this 12 bedroom, six bathroom suite not everyone went to the school. Most of the people didn't go to the school. They had pretty much trashed the entire suite, broken a couple of windows, torn up some furniture. And so that was my first really, really big incident. It took about three hours to kind of collect everyone's information one by one, including the students that didn't go to that school. So it was, it was a test. I didn't get to bed until about 7 a.m. and then had to be right back in the office at nine or 10. So it wasn't bad, but it was definitely a learning experience. I've learned that you can train and train and train, but the real training and the real learning starts when you actually have to go to an incident and everything that they've given you, every, every tool that they've given you, you have to pull it out of your bag. So I learned that I needed to basically practice what I had learned. And so, that to me was my biggest my was my biggest test because I thought I knew everything. By this time I had been in student affairs for a little over three and a half years. I thought I had pretty much seen everything, but this was new. But I think I handled it pretty well. Um I knew that I was very, very well supported. I knew that I could call the other RHD if I had trouble. I knew that I could call my boss if I had trouble. So I was never worried that I was gonna be lacking in support in that area. So the advice I would give to new professionals is to actually pay attention in training. Training works, training helps. Definitely build a good relationship with your coworkers. That way you can actually call them when you need help. Document, document, document. Ask as many questions as you need to ask. Never, never feel inadequate in a situation. If you're not exactly positive, ask a question. There's no harm in asking. I would rather ask and get it right than get it wrong and have to redo it. Definitely be confident in your position. Be confident in your training. Be confident in yourself and be confident in your decision making. That's that's almost half the battle. If you come in with a positive aspect and a positive mind into every situation, I definitely try to try to think, hey, whatever this situation is, there's always going to be a positive outcome or we can make something positive out of this. So definitely I would do that and take time for yourself because student services can be very, very demanding just as much as it can be rewarding. But remember, if you're going to take care of your students, you definitely have to take care of yourself first. So our final story is coming to you from yours truly in the Lone Star State. I'm going to be talking to you about my first night on call, which actually took place during Hurricane Harvey. So for me, my res life journey started in my undergraduate experience in Indiana. I became an RA in August of 2010, and I continued working in that position until May of 2014. I decided to return to my undergraduate institution for grad school, and I took up an assistantship as an assistant hall director. I ended up serving in that role for two years, and by the end, I had graduated with my master's degree in student affairs and higher education. This past July, 
I accepted my first full-time position in Texas and made the move across the country. I was very fortunate for the fact that I was being hired on with three other new resident hall directors. The four of us went through a fully comprehensive training experience, which lasted approximately a month and a half. So during that time, we were not thrown into the duty rotation yet, but we were given the opportunity to shadow veteran residence hall directors so we could learn the style of our institution and just the way that they did things. So eventually we were integrated into the full-time duty rotation and we signed up for our duty nights for the semester. I was feeling pretty lucky because I wasn't scheduled until after the first week of classes. So later that month, we go through the organized chaos of move-in and we made it through the first week of classes. Here's where it gets interesting. So at the end of the first week of classes, I remember working in my office and suddenly an emergency notification flashed on my work computer informing everyone that was on work computers and stuff that the satellite campus south of us was closing at noon due to the incoming storm. I was aware of Harvey at this point, but reports earlier in the week had downgraded it to a tropical wave. However, you know, I decided to go ahead, look at that weather report, and I saw that Harvey had regained strength and was now classified as a level 2 hurricane. It was expected to upgrade even further as it made its way towards land. Being about an hour away from Houston and about two hours away from the coast, I knew that we weren't going to be impacted terribly, but I still was very nervous. After all, I'm a Midwest boy, and so I've been through tornadoes and snowstorms, but not really anything of this magnitude. So my first duty night ended up being two days after Harvey made landfall. The winds had come and gone by this point, but we still had to deal with rain, and a lot of it. We had a plethora of meetings that we had to attend, and communication was at its finest. We knew what the university, the city, and the county were all thinking and doing. I'm thankful for that to this day. When I had received the phone, a curfew was put into effect for the county, and essentially if you were outdoors past 10 p.m., you faced some pretty hefty fines and some jail time. That kind of makes it pretty hard for a residence life person on call that needs to run across campus if an incident were to occur. I was told that I could still perform my duties. All I really needed to do was have my res life polo, my name badge, staff lanyard, and other identifiers on me. I was also advised not to linger outside for too long and go straight to where I was needed. I remember going back to my apartment, and after being handed a duty phone, I was a bit nervous. In the past, I always had the luxury of being able to call up if there was something I couldn't handle. And whoever I called could call up to someone else, and they could call up to the person after that. However, this time, I was essentially the highest up on the calling chain. I still had the ability to ask my supervisors for advice, but, you know, for the most part, I was the decision maker. And I had to be able to defend my decision if I were to make the wrong decision. I had to remind myself that I had a lot of experience under my belt, and I had a lot of support from my coworkers. While I had some downtime, I had pulled my staff manual, reviewed my notes from training, asked some, so what's going to happen if this incident happens on a Tuesday afternoon at midnight and the world is on fire? You know, th those kind of questions. And after a while, that initial nervousness did dissipate. There was one thing. I didn't have a vehicle, and I was worried about being dry and timely. So I quickly gathered my rain gear and made the decision to bring out my blast boots from my industrial cleaning days out of storage. These boots were quite heavy, but I knew that I was going to be dry and I wasn't going to have to worry about getting wet. So when that first duty call came in, I was feeling pretty confident and ready to go. Turned out to be an extremely busy night with little time to rest. But every call that came my way was something that I could handle. Looking back on it now, whenever I think about that first duty night, the first thing I think about is how I was sprinting into the night with those blast boots prepared for whatever awaited me. So some advice that I have for people who are listening. Don't throw away your notes from training. 
they are extremely valuable. Be prepared for curveballs. Even with the best training programs, there's still going to be those situations that stump you, and that's perfectly fine. Don't be afraid to ask for help. You are never alone. Whenever you do have those long nights, be sure that you are following up with the people you need to follow up with, and then see if you can have the rest of the day off so you have time for yourself to recover. One of the biggest differences that I saw between being an RA, a graduate assistant, and now being a full-time professional would have to be the responsibility and the decision-making that's on your shoulders, especially with those weird scenarios. It's always important to keep calm and be clear and concise. After all, you are being looked at as a leader if you don't know something, it's okay to be human and admit that you just don't know. It's just important to let people know who are asking for your advice that you are actively seeking the answer and follow up with them. So that's episode one. Thank you for taking the time to tune in. This upcoming week on episode two, we will be talking about burnout. How do you define burnout? How does it affect your work life and your personal life? What are some ways that you try to prevent burnout on a job? Do you have any safe catchfalls in case you're feeling overworked? What do you do if you're sensing that burnout? Have you had to confront a soon staff worker or even a coworker who has been showing signs of burnout? What did that conversation look like? If you feel comfortable, please share a story about when you had to work through burnout. If you're interested in participating in this discussion and sharing your story, please send us a message on our Facebook page. From there, you'll be able to record your story in the comfort of your own home and on your own phone. We do suggest that if you have a microphone lying around, please use it. Or if you're an iPhone user and you have those Apple headphones lying around, those can actually work as well. Once you're done, you'll be able to upload your recording via Messenger on Facebook. Or if you would rather send it to us via Dropbox or any other method, that can work as well. That being said, I look forward to hearing from you. Until next time, this is Res Life Night Shift. Real stories from full-time professionals. So, you just heard the Res Life Night Shift, which mainly concentrates on one functional area of student affairs. Coming up soon, we will have a new podcast which will encompass student affairs as a whole. Starting on December 1st, tune into our podcast, 9 to Whenever, and join our hosts, Corbin, Natasha, Taryn, and Joe, as we explore different topics in the student affairs field. There will be discussions, interviews, stories, and much, much more. Like I just said, 9 to Whenever is expected to premiere December 1st, and will be part of the newly formed Student Affairs Network. See you then.